Hello everyone and welcome to episode 73 of the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This episode is with the fantastic, phenomenal, powerhouse actor and director, Pilar O'Connell. I was so excited to sit down and talk with her. We're talking about Luna Gale, which is going to be at the Rep from March 4th through the 27th. We also talked about... She has a whole year planned. It's only February, people. Well, now it's March. We recorded the episode in February. Now it's March. I'm posting it. She's booked out until December. She's absolutely incredible. We talk about many different projects, but primarily Luna Gale. Go see Luna Gale at the Rep. You want to see Pilar in this, right? Of course you do. Anyway, you're going to love this episode. You're going to love it. I promise you. Hey, supporting the podcast is cool, so if you want to donate or be a sponsor, please visit theatricalmustang.podbean.com. Every little bit helps if you can kick a few bucks our way. We are committed to making these episodes continue to be free for everyone who wants to listen. Um, find more information there, should you care to. And now, please enjoy episode 73 with Pilar O'Connell. All right, I'm sitting here with returning guests, but this is your own episode yeah. this time. This is crazy. Pilar O'Connell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome back to the Thank podcast. You. You're about to open Luna Gale at Seattle Repertory Theater. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me all about uh, all about how you got cast in the show and the show itself. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I've actually been cast since June, which was hard because I, uh, for like, that's eight months of waiting before you start a rehearsal process. Right. But yeah, um, I did the Rep Generals. Uh, they did. They did. I think this last year was the first year that they did non equity day. I'm um, equity membership candidate, but I, I went in and uh, did the generals. And but I did specifically ask to be called in for this show. Um, and then I, I got a callback, or I got a first whatever, like a first callback to come and read. Uh, for the role, I'm playing the role of Lourdes, who, and she's an emancipated or newly emancipated foster child. Um, and uh, so I asked to read for this role, just uh, being a Latina, and she was a Latina, and I kind of I was like, well, what other role in the rep season is there for me? Probably not another one. So <laughs> it's like, let's make this one happen. So um, yeah, I did the first read, and I. I was really, I mean, I really didn't think I was going to get it. I thought my work was pretty solid, but I was like, well, you know, you never know. And, but then when I got a call back, I, um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that's cool. And then, uh, I was, uh, I did the callback and it was good too. And, uh, then the next morning I was at Le Schwab getting my tires fixed <laughs> like 9am and my phone, it's like Seattle rep is calling you. And I was like, if those wonderful humans are calling me to tell me I don't get have this part at 9 a.m. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> but that wasn't the case, so I got it. And, um, yeah, it's been a it's, – it's crazy that it's finally here and happening. Um, that's the weirdest part is that it's – I've known about it and had it for so long, and now I'm like, oh, this is real life now. It's, it's – we are opening very soon. What is the play about? Okay, so it is about uh, Luna Gale, and it's by Rebecca Gilman, and it's about um, it's about the foster care system, specifically um, about a social worker named Caroline, played by the amazing Pamela Reed, 
uh, and how she deals with a certain foster care situation. There's a young couple who have been on drugs and they have a baby and the baby is taken away from them and given to the mother of the female of the young couple. And um, Caroline kind of realizes that maybe the mother isn't the best place for the baby either. And uh, it's kind of who who this baby belongs to and and what happens within the foster care system. It's all placed in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, and yeah, it's a really interesting story. And it's it's it, the, one of my favorite things about it is that it's a story about a woman it, um, and it doesn't involve a man <laughs> or a relationship for her. And it's her story and how she deals with uh, this particular instance in her career. She's been a, uh, a social worker for like 30 years in and has is really kind of overburdened because it's such a thankless job. And uh, there's a little religion in there. There's some things about like how there's evangelical Christians in it, and then as well as uh, a lot of uh, meth use as well. Yeah, it's pretty Fun. positive. I was, <laughs> it's like real happy. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So directed by Brayden. Brayden, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's super cool. Um, he's a great director. I love working with him. He he never, he's so zen. He's probably the most zen director I've ever worked with. You never know if Brayden's stressed out, and it's <laughs> great. Because if, if you're like, wow, he just seems happy all the time, then you're cool. <laughs> yeah. What has the rehearsal process been like? How long? Um, so we started process? on the 2nd, um, and we have usually uh, between six and eight-hour days. Um, our, the, be, the beginning of the rehearsal process was probably my favorite part. We had a week of really heavy table work, and that also included um, social workers from the city coming in to talk to us about foster care and uh, just what it's like to be a social worker. Di- and two different one that worked with a religious organization because of the religion in the show, and one that doesn't. Um, and then we also had someone, uh, a teaching artist in Seattle who's also an actress, uh, who grew up in the foster care system. So we started our rehearsal process with all that. And then we did scene by scene and it was, it was great. It was really great. It just really efficient. And it's, it's nice to be paid a living wage too, if you're going to be there in the daytime all the time. (laughs) What was that? I mean, what was, did you ever have a moment that was like, holy shit? I still am having those moments. I'm going to be at Seattle rep. Yeah. I'm still like, I'm not fired yet. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's actually, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I mean, it's it's definitely, like, the rep is, I, I love the rep, and I, I really, like, really like the shows. And I also like um, the conversations I'm able to have with the artistic uh, staff at the rep about diversity and gender equality and, um, and that they're willing to listen to me because I've been pestering them via email for, like, a year about those kind of things. And, uh... Yeah, it, but yeah, I'm totally all the time. I'm still in shock. When we got into, so we got into tech. Uh, we're in the Bagley, so that's uh, 850 seats, and we got into tech on Saturday. And I was on stage, just like looking at the theater, and I, it was just like, holy shit! Like this is <laughs> this is this is it's the big leagues, which is great, and I just feel so grateful. Like I, it's it's fully. It was it was hard work to get there, and I'm very very happy, and I know that things aren't handed because this is such a profession especially in Seattle it comes in waves you know and it's like this is you you're happening right now and then maybe you're not going to be happening in a little bit and so I'm just really grateful to be in the room and it's like a master class because uh, you have Pamela Reed and Ann Allgood 
and Alex Matthews and Hannah Moots and Drew Hylands, who's a really good buddy of mine from college, and Adrian LaTorell. He's old school annex, like from the 90s, and is now back in town doing this. But watching people work, it's just, it's, it's better than grad school right now, yeah. Congratulations! Thank I just you. can't say congratulations Thank you. enough. Because it's, yeah. it's that moment we all hope for, right? You yeah. know, like you're paying your dues at fringe theaters, smaller venues, and then you get the call at Les Schwab. So yeah. Right on, right yeah. freaking on. So you open March 9th. Yeah. Run through the 27th. Folks mm-hmm. can get more info and tickets at seattlerep.org. Mm-hmm. And there's a Pay What You Can preview on the 8th. Yeah. And curtain, uh, the evening performances are always at 730 and the we have double show double show days mostly on the weekends like a 2 p.m. and a 7:30, and it's two hours with an intermission. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, pretty it's pretty tight. tight. Pretty tight. The, the the set and the lights alone are awesome. I mean, the actors are we're all great, but the set and the lights are <laughs> insane. The whole set moves. It's it's super cool. Yeah, you just must be like a kid in a candy. Oh store. yeah, I'm freaking out all the time. <laughs> So you were saying with the uh, representatives from the foster care system, before we started recording, you were saying that there are half the number of foster parents It was in King County. Mm-hmm. That there were this, this time, time last, last year. year. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, the, the foster care system is a really great system, um, but it's also underpaid, under, like, there aren't enough foster parents. People, there's a lot of children, and that's a lot of, in, in the show... Caroline, uh, the social worker, talks a lot about being having ninety cases and things like that. And it sh- then, and if you, if it's not just a case; it's ninety children <laughs> that she's responsible for. Um, and yeah, so King County is really in need of more foster parents. And there's a lot of different organizations that can help people prepare and learn uh, how to be a foster parent if you're interested. Uh, we had an, a representative from the Treehouse. Which is, right. um, and she came in and talked to us a lot about like what they do um, and how and how they help kids in foster care get um, money for education or different activities, but also how they prep people to be foster parents. We also learned a lot about uh, the mocking the Mockingbird Times. It's it's something I think it comes out in Real Change maybe once a month or something, but it's interviews from that whole system. And uh, that was really interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it just – it's because people can be taken out of – depending on what kind of situations they're having with their family or if somebody goes to jail, kids can just be scooped out really quick. And my character, Lourdes, um, was taken – her mother, she talks about it, was a drug addict. And Lourdes was a, a baby when she had to go into foster care. But her sister was – like 10 or 12, but already having a juvenile record. So they got separated. Like there's lots of kids that get separated for 10 years or so. Um, and it's, it's really, it's heartbreaking. Uh, the, I mean, I feel like, um, now I'm really learning, like, don't take your family for granted because you're lucky to have it. And a lot of these kids are just have to grow up so fast and just bounce from foster home to foster home. I think my character we talked about, which she's probably in her third foster home. Which is just, I mean, and, and I, and we were also being told that when, when the social workers or DHS come to get you from your family and take you, uh, or child protective services, it's literally put all your stuff in this trash bag 
or and we're leaving now which is as i feel like as a five-year-old or a 10-year-old how do you i mean how do you even value what do you figure out what do you value Right. Which is such a heavy thing. And I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to Luna Gale happening in Seattle, just so maybe we can kind of encourage people to look at becoming foster parents or donating to these organizations so that, like, children have a chance at having a life. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think it sounds like the themes of the play have transformed you Absolutely. as a human being? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, and I've never been someone who has uh, thought about birthing my own children, but now I'm like... If I do have children, I would love to go through the foster care system and adopt kids. Because it's just, and just, like, it's something I'm conscious of now. And even just reading, we were talking about, in rehearsal, the the killing in the homeless camp and the three young boys, that one was, like, 13 and 15, and, and just the fact that that was their daily life. They were living in this camp by the, like, by them. Their mom was off with some other dude. I read an article they were living in this camp by themselves and she sent them to go deal with a drug deal and that's why this person got killed and their whole lives are but so no one was there to take care of them and if we had i feel like if seattle was if we were able to encourage more people to be foster parents and help people and um that kind of stuff would happen a little bit less hopefully it's just the idea of being a kid and feeling helpless and not having a family is really hard for me to think about and so anything I can do to help I think is important absolutely yeah um and if you want to send me links yeah to any of those totally I would love to I'll yeah. put them in the episode description yeah, so our listeners can check them out yeah so you said being in this rehearsal hall was like a master class in acting yeah <clears throat> can we like drill down like the top five moments oh, or yeah. lessons learned totally from this process yeah well it's just first of all Table work is so important. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to the Seattle reps. They put uh, together a dramaturgy packet for us that was 200 pages. And Shut I, I was like porn for me. <laughs> I was reading it like the first two, like just being like, oh, my God. I'm learning so much about because I learned. And they everything I could think of, everything that I needed to know, like I, my character goes to a community college. They gave me the Google map route. Like it was so detailed. Dramaturgy is so necessary for every project. And having a packet like that was incredible. Um, but yeah, so that, and I, I, all of my scenes are with Pamela Reed, which is great. Are you just like, yeah. I would be like, well, I mean, her body oh, work amazing. is enormous, but yeah. like, I would be like, it's Leslie Nope. No, all right. Oh my God. But it, yeah, and her theatrical career is insane. She's won like a Drama Desk Award and right. all this. But she, um, so I, most of my, ta- uh, all the work that I got to do was with her. Which was great. And just having her, when, like, a moment wasn't working or something, she would be like, well, what about this? What if we talk about this? And this is how, how are you feeling now? Or, like, what are you, and just the standard that she holds herself to makes me want to be a better performer and hold myself to that standard as well. And she, and, but yeah, there's a, there's a moment, so there's a line in the show, which is probably, and I, like, almost cry every time she says it to me. Where she she talks to me about um, uh, like don't they they talk about how Lourdes is a miracle because she's gone through the she's um, achieved success through the foster care system which isn't very common um, and she talks about you're a miracle but you also worked really really hard to get where you are and every time she says that I'm like yeah I, I did work I do work really hard to continue working and it's um, 
And after the first time we rehearsed that scene, she was just like, I really like working with you. And I just, it's just, no, hearing that is, is wow. great. And um, she just, yeah, I just really look up to her, everything. I mean, I can't even think of specific moments just because it's every day. Anytime watching her work is just incredible. And she she's been doing it for so long and she's also so personable so you you make we made a connection i mean she knows i love orca whales she was talking to me about that yesterday <laughs> um but yeah it's it just her standard it's it's a new standard and i haven't been able to work uh, that closely with someone like that for a while and it, it's it's just incredible and when you watch her just speak it, you're just like oh is that who is that is that caroline or is that pamela who is that and it's she just is she lives in the world. And she's a beast, too. She's a beast. She is, like, all the time. Yeah. 100% commitment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Have you had any... Uh, has the playwright... Has Rebecca been... She's coming. Uh, next week, she's coming wow. to the previews, and uh, we get to meet her. And I'm really excited. Has this specific work been produced before? Yeah. It, um, it was... She, I believe, is an artistic associate at the Goodman in Chicago. Okay. And so it was originally done at the Goodman. And then that production moved to L.A. But I think it was all in, like, 2014. It's it's pretty recent. Um, and then that... I th- It's been done a couple other... Like, Actress Theater in Louisville uh, has done it. And, uh, yeah, it actually was just done in my hometown. My friend Jocelyn played my role <laughs> from high school like and, yeah they blown. just did it in santa fe and I, I saw on instagram and i was like jocelyn are you playing lourdes because there's a part where we get a tattoo and she was like yeah and it was just totally nuts yeah but i but you but okay yeah i was like this doesn't make any sense you said earlier a little bit uh you're talking about how you had been emailing the rep for a while about gender parity and diversity yeah. and now you're in the room yeah what have those conversations been like? Well, Mariah C. Kaminsky, who is um, on, in, she's the associate artistic director, I, I believe. believe so, yeah. yeah, and she uh, she was a teacher at Cornish. I never got to have her class, unfortunately, but she's amazing. And they, I've been um, the the rep. I think has really been listening to the conversation um, that everyone is having that we really need to have more diversity on our stages. It, there is no ands if or buts around it. Um, not making that choice is uh, no longer just a boring. It's 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 an unimportant choice. Uh, if if you like, it needs to. You need to have it happen. And so Mariah, um, they had a they have a Seattle Rep Ambassador program where people can come in and watch the, the a certain group of people come in and watch the final dress and then speak about it. And I remember the la- one of the last emails I was sending Mariah was, a, and uh, I had sent Caitlin McIntyre, um, who's a friend of mine, but then she sent it to Mariah, and Mariah talked to me about it, was just about that I was feeling um, discouraged by some of the casting in town um, not utilizing the people of color, specifically with classical shows, um, where I feel like it's actually much easier, uh, since if you're going to do a show by a dead white guy... He's dead. <laughs> like, he's not going to call you. And right. why is why is it a bad choice? You know what I mean? Um, to use a person of color. It's, it's not. It's a great choice. Uh, and so they've been, uh, Mariah's been really receptive to that and about talking to me about what can the rep do? How can the rep help? Um, and what, what can they do to bring more people in? And because it's important. And I think if it filters down from the bigger theaters, uh, 
people will take note and make it happen. But it's a conversation that we've been having in Seattle and um, it just needs to keep, everyone needs to keep talking about it until we see things where it's like, great, there are more than two people of color on stage and oh my God, they talk, you know? (laughs) And they're not servants. Yeah. And they're not servants or prostitutes or like, it's, it's just really important. And, um, I'm gonna keep fighting that fight. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Good. Let's talk about what's coming up next for you. You have a directorial. I do. Well, before that, um, so I'm in, uh, an essay teatro show for the first time. I've never done one, and I'm so excited because it's... Congrats. Thank yeah. you. It's a it's an adaptation of The House of Bernarda Alba by Lorca. Oh, it's Rose. called Bernie's Apartment. Right. Uh, Rose, Rose wrote it. Julie Beckman's directing it. Uh, it will be at ACT in, in May. And uh, it's all women, all Latina women. And I am, like, that's... Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, and so that will be... I'll start rehearsing that right after this show closes. And then after that, I will be directing... This is my directorial debut at Annex Terra Incognita by Benjamin Benet, who is... uh, 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 He's he's like a cohort of mine. We work together all the time. Um, We are in Forward Flux together, and he's an incredible playwright. And I'm really, 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 really excited to work on that. Yeah, and then after that, I'm co-directing a show with Wesley Fruget, um at Forward Flux called The Wedding Gift by Chisa Hutchinson. And that's a really cool play, and I cannot, I don't want to give too much away, but I, I can't wait. And then after that, I am uh, I think we're going to do Christmastown again at Seattle Public. So okay. <clears throat> it's a good rest of the year. You are booked. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. What, can you talk a little bit about how, y- you talked about how when, when that line is given to you, you worked really hard. You're a miracle, but you worked really hard. Yeah. How do you, I mean, it's freaking February. We're recording this on the 29th, and you have everything planned out through December. How do you get to that level of, of having everything planned out? What steps have you taken to make that happen for yourself? Well, I, I was lucky enough to go to school at Cornish, where um, all of my teachers were working artists. And... When I was getting out of school, um, I didn't, like, uh, I had just worked with Amé Bruneau, and I still think to this day that the reason I have worked at all in this city is because of Amé. I worked with Amé Bruneau on a show called El Paso Blue by Octavio Solis at Cornish, and it's an incredible play. And because she was directing uh, Taming of the Shrew the following year, the, the main stage remount uh, at Seattle Shakes, and needed to replace a couple actors, and so brought me into that. Because of that, I met Kelly Kitchens and then started working with her. But it's really, I I mean, you just, I feel like I just, even when I'm frustrated, and I definitely do get frustrated, I get, if if things, if I'm not getting called in or if I feel like I'm just, like, I have a lull period, we all get frustrated because it's it's hard to not be busy and it's hard to not be doing what you like to do because when you're not, you're like, how do you justify your time? Um, And really, I just... I'm starting to accept the lull periods, which is a huge thing. Accept the lulls and find something else you like to do and then just work your butt off. Like really, if I, if I go in for an audition, I really try to be like off book, memorized. So it's performance ready in what I think for them. And then if I don't get it, I'm like, well, my work was good. And it's hard. It's been a, and I'm still learning this lesson of like accepting your work and not judging your work. And really, if you're putting it all out there, you're doing you're doing what you need to do. 
and sometimes you'll get cast and sometimes you won't. And right now I'm lucky enough that I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, I've, I have a, a full year of work, whether it be acting or directing. Um, but a lot of, it was all auditioned. Like I auditioned for all the things I acted, I'm acting in and directing. I, I had, to, I, for Annex, I wrote a proof for the show, just being passionate and really keeping your, keeping your butt out there. You got to keep yourself going in and going. And sometimes it's hard, man. And I get it. Cause it's like, there'll be times where it's like, I don't want to go to this audition because I've already been turned down three or four times this week. Why am I going to go to this? It's like getting broken up with over and over and over again. <laughs> and that sucks. But if you can just get yourself out the door and show up and do the work, one of them will work out. And that's just kind of, I just, I don't know if that's, I feel like that's like kind of a convoluted answer, but I... No, it's a great answer. Yeah, I just kind of keep... I just, you got to keep trucking, I feel like is really what it is. And it's, and make connections and be nice to people. That's really, like, that's the thing. You can't stress that enough, Yeah, really. people, no one's going to want to work with a jerk, even if the jerk is really talented. You got to just be really nice, and that is helpful. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm in Seattle where our community is so wonderful. People want you to work here which is one of the coolest things and if you're in I go in for the same roles as my friends a lot and like one of us will get it or one of us won't or whatever but no one's ever an asshole about it everyone's always like congratulations you deserve it or and I'm like congratulations you deserve it or better luck next time and so and people remember you in Seattle it's kind of like a a big family but we also drink a lot and like yeah we do yeah we do do that (laughs) but it's it's yeah it's it's i just feel like it just gotta keep trucking is really what it is and if it's not here if you're not feeling it in seattle go do somewhere go somewhere else but just keep trucking and never give up it's just not worth it unless you really want to unless you want to do something else and like be an interior designer and do something totally different please but like don't even look at it as giving up look at it as like just a change in pace Lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely answer. It's not Thanks. at all. <laughs> I've been napping today. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been napping. I've been napping well, you today. deserve it because you've been talking all the love and yeah. stuff and stuff. What made you decide to start directing? Well, actually, well, I directed a little bit. I did a lot of children's theater before I moved up here, mm. like directing and assistant directing a lot of kids' musicals, and I always liked it. But um, Ben's play, actually. So when we were picking the shows at Annex last year, and I had and I had read Ben's play, and we were talking about it, and I was like, I want to do this play, but I want to direct this play. And I think I just, uh, I really, I just want to help the story be told, and I don't necessarily have to be a part of the story. And I wanted to, like, I, I don't need to be on stage for to tell it. I wanted to just make sure it's told and help it be told. And I think that's where I'm at with both the pieces that I get to work on this year is they're necessary stories, and I want to tell them and make sure that they get told. And if they don't, I would be upset. So that's why I was like, I'll direct it. Like, that's what I want. And I'm really lucky to have a lot of support. Like, I my I have a dramaturg for Ben's piece, Gavin Reeb, who's oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Catherine Blake-Smith is going to assistant direct it for me, and she and she is amazing as well. And Ben's a great playwright to work with. And, yeah, so I, I just really felt like it's it's a story that needs to be told. It's actually a similar theme to Luna Gale about can social you, work. Can you give us a, a, yeah. a little bit of what the story yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, So it's about a young girl named Nadia, uh, and she's an alcoholic and she is in her like uh state mandated counseling and she uh and it's her relationship with her therapist and then also 
because Ben writes beautiful magical realism. There's ghosts and things that come back in and kind of uh, in the long run, learning how to accept yourself and heal. And sometimes you got to like take the mark of the ghost away. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's a really cool piece. I'm really excited to work on it. And what is that? When do you start rehearsals for that? We will start. Uh, prob- uh, end of May is when we're going to start rehearsals for that. So it'll be a nice long rehearsal period. And then we open, I believe, July 29th or something. But I'll send you more information on That'll that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you held auditions yet? No, not yet. Um, there's uh, – we will – I think – I was just talking to Catherine the other day to schedule stuff. We're probably going to start holding stuff. As soon as Luna Gale opens, there'll be posts and stuff. And it's a four-person cast, which is cool. It's little. But two people play a bunch of different roles. And then the yeah. other two are all, like the other two are just Nadia and Sheila, the therapist and the, the girl. What are, so having been, being a veteran of so many auditions, how are you going to set up that space energetically, you think? Yeah. I think, well, first of all, I think we're just going to do, like, for the first thing, because monologues are great, and I love monologues, but I think sometimes doing monologues and cold reads can stress people out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to just do read, like, reads from the script, cold reads, and then the second will be chemistry pairings and stuff like that. But just making sure that, like, I just want everybody to succeed. Because if they succeed, I succeed. So if just trying to keep that energy in there so that it doesn't feel high pressure and I'm not like looking at your resume and then looking at you right. and looking at your resume because nobody likes that it's, it's not fun it, you just if you keep it a friendly room which I feel like a lot of Seattle is able to do then you'll get your the best work out of people is Ben gonna be in on he is with you? Ben is the best yeah we just did a reading of a newer draft uh, a couple weeks ago and then he'll give me another one probably before the auditions so because because diversity is so important to you yeah how do you set up that space to encourage well there's only one white person in this cast well that helps yeah (laughs) um it was uh yeah step one choose a play that has few white people yeah and it it is a the the one white role is a role it's it's for an older woman in her 60s which is a lot like a lot of women don't get in their 60s white women don't get to play anything so that is the that's the therapist and then um nadia and her boyfriend and who is and also the ghost are all african-american and then um the the angel there's an angel character but the angel character also plays a million different things uh is going to be latino yeah yeah so it's uh so there's that yeah i just and that yeah so it was just it was important for me that was another reason why i wanted to do the show and why i kind of really pitched for it to happen at Annex because I was, um, I just think that we really, like, the fringe theaters need to do it too. We got to keep, keep on the right path of making sure that everybody gets their chance to do what they like to do and stop making excuses about you can't find anybody because that's not true. It's, that's a lazy excuse. There's right. plenty of people of color, uh, in, in the city who are incredible performers, designers, directors, um, and they're easy to find. Yeah. Stop being lazy, people. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. What's your What's your rehearsal hall going to be like? Do you have a, a philosophy of directing you subscribe to, or are you going to... Basically, I'm just going to copy Kelly Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be real. Um, but I, I think it'll be a pretty a, a mellow room, but also expectations will be, like, 
I want to cast really good performers, and the expectations will be that they will do the work. Um, uh, a lot of it will, yeah, a lot table work super important, really into it, and dramaturgy really important, and then also just making sure that everybody gets what they need. So if if something a moment isn't working and they want to work with it. Or you don't want to talk to me about it in rehearsal, but you want to cut, like, I want to have office hours. Scott O'Moore does this thing where he has office hours at the bar across the street after rehearsal. So we could all go in and talk to him or during balconies, that's what we did. And so I'm going to kind of do that as well. And I also want to, like, give everybody the freedom to play within the scenes, but have an idea every time before I go in of what it's going to look like. So then... The work is there, and we're not wasting any time because it, it sucks to be an actor and have your time wasted. Like that's the worst. Oh yeah. Like I could go home and take a nap or twelve. Um, <laughs> Sleep more. Yeah. And so that's important. But yeah, really, because I've worked with such incredible directors, Kelly and Amay and Rhonda Soykowski and Brayden, who is incredible. Um, it's it's really important for me to model after that because they've they've given me great examples. So I'm just gonna copy all of them. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, copy, copy taking the things, take from the each, things that work. Yeah, that, adding it into the t- toolbox and really just because those experiences were great. Like all of the experiences that I've had, especially just doing Christmas Town with Kelly last year, and I also got to do a book it education tour with her as well. And she just is so amazing. What a smart and efficient woman. She's a beast, and I love her. And her her directing style is amazing. She she lets you play with it, but also if she knows what she wants in a moment, she's not going to wait for you to find it always. Like she'll she'll get you there, and you're you're working together, and it's it's a great balance. So that's what you like about her style specifically that blend of uh, detail and freedom. Yeah, and and she's so efficient. Like everything, the way she her schedules. The pages that she says are going to happen on the schedule, it never sways. It ha- they happen, which is like awesome. <laughs> yeah. When does that ever happen? Right? Never. 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 Yeah. So, forward flux. Yeah. Let's talk about forward flux. Is this is going to be their second season? Second season in Seattle. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And just everything is happening this yeah year. we just cast our two main stage shows um the the summer house and the wedding gift the wedding gift is the one i'm working on with wesley wesley is co-directing both shows but has um and we don't like it's not an assistant director because i think we have more power the co-directors sure um and we also just cast our first salon, which will be on the 14th and the 15th. It's called Hookman by Lauren Yee, and it is an awesome script. It's going to be right next door here. Yeah, right? at, the, at the Culinarium. Yeah, at Nordo. And, um, yeah, Ford Flux, I'm just really enjoying working um, with Wes and the company. It's Wesley and Ben and Rachel Delmar is in it, and she's amazing and perfect for it. And it's, um, it, it's just great to work on new plays i i love new work that's probably my favorite thing to work on is new plays and um it's great to make them happen and see them from the birth to happening which is great and also the like i love that wes is it's really important for him to pay his artists um because it is it's important it's really important and overall, the company, I think I'm really excited. We're going to do a lot of really cool stuff this year and really great salons. And um, 
But our main stages are going to be really good. I think that we the casts are incredible. When are those going up? Uh, so they will be September 23rd is opening for both shows. And because they, they run kind of in rep like last year, but opening is going to be both shows. Um, so that's the one thing we learned is we were like, oh, we want more double nights. And so opening will be a double night. And they're, they're really different shows, too. Yeah. Super different. Um, the Summer House is about three teenagers who have been in, like, one of them is very wealthy, and his his parents rented them a house in, like, a beach house for the summer, which is, well, that sounds great, um, but probably not great, and some weird stuff goes down. And then the, the wedding gift is about a kind of a, uh, Chisa Hutchinson is an amazing playwright, and uh, but it's about these, this, this group of people, and I don't want to call them aliens, but they kind of abduct this average white dude, and uh, and give him to the princess of their society as a wedding gift. Well, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's it's gets weird things happen, but it's really funny as well. And actually, that whole show, um, most of it is in a different language, but not a not an actual spoken language that anyone knows. Uh, so get ready; it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, where are the, where are they going to be produced? Uh, Gay City Arts. Yeah. Like last time. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, I love that. The, all the exposed brick is so pretty. Yes. Yeah. So it's what it's what small theaters should be, yeah. right? You know, I you're, love it. You can hit the actors if you want to, but don't <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Don't hit don't them. Don't touch the actors. Please don't. Yeah. Do you think your time at Cornish is what made you really have a deep love of new plays, or what, when did that start for you? I think my annex. I I really. Uh, I mean, I was able to be on staff for Annex for two years, but they also really helped me uh, mold my career. Uh, I was cast in Colleen Conway Blanchard's The Underneath. Mm. Um, and then kind of, and Pamela Mijatov is another director that I love, and she, but her uh, passion for new work and really, like, and Annex's whole passion for new work, but really Pamela just talking to me about how she feels and why it's important and why new work by women is so important new work by people of color is so important and then i was able to do five world premiere shows in a row at annex and that really kind of brought me to why i love it and i just watching the process and how important those shows were and how awesome like one of them um i was the assistant director for black like us which is an incredible play by rachel atkins and that watching that from the first it was like birthed at one of the um uh, Rain City, those playwright meetups that they used to have, sure. and then it came through Live Girls, and then it came through Annex, and it just, the way it grew, and how that play was such an important play, and without a place like Annex or Live Girls, we wouldn't have those pieces. Because sometimes bigger theaters have a harder time taking a chance on a, on a newer playwright. And Rachel's not a newer playwright at all, but she she's uh, she's not like working all over right now but it's yeah or even the, the play on this was before my time at annex but undo by holly arsenault which is an inc- one of my favorite pieces in the world and they did a reading at the rep last year and it grew through annex so yeah i think a lot of it my new work love is all because of annex annex is the best are we gonna see you writing any plays anytime soon i is i don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> i wrote uh, for Snow Globed for Playing in Progress this year, I wrote a play, and it was in there. And it was about an elf on a shelf that murdered everybody. 
Um, because I'm afraid of Elf on a Shelf. It's creepy. <laughs> it's terrifying, it's and I fully creepy. believe that they're going to murder everyone. So I wrote a play, but um, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I really like playwriting, but it has to... I'm bad if someone's telling me to do it. If it just happens, then it's great. But I think I'm going to leave that to Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> She's real like good at it. That's the quote of the... I mean, I love everything yeah. that you said, but that... That's my... That is an amazing... She's my muffin, and she's good at that. I'll that to Keiko. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, our, that's your new TV series. Yeah, I'm going to leave that. Leave it to, leave Keiko. It to Keiko. Yep. Yeah. Cut, print, pitching <laughs> to all the major networks. Uh, as we sort of wind this interview down, uh, could you, like, take us out with your favorite line from Luna Gale? From Luna Gale. Oh, gosh. I don't think there's any that I say. <laughs> but, it doesn't uh, have to be on you. Yeah. Say. I'm like, what is my favorite line in Luna Gale? Well, I'm going to, I'm probably going to butcher it. But she talks about, uh, at the end of the show, uh, Caroline is talking to the young couple, Carly and Peter. And Carly says something like, oh, I thought I was special. And Caroline says, you are special. You all are. And I just, uh, and then she, she talks about how, uh, I just want to be able to be here, but I can't help all of you. And I just want to help you have a life. That's all. Just have a life. Which is, that's probably my favorite line in Luna Gale. The, and that's, it's, it's taken for granted so much. And within the foster care system and people who are growing up doing, like, un, unable to help themselves and these children. And, yeah, that's really it. We just want them to live and be able to have a life instead of not and that's such a Rebecca's written it in such a simple way that at the end that scene it's just like oh who yeah yeah well if anyone's having a life I think it's you my dear thank you thank you for coming on and being such a wonderful guest I appreciate it mm-hmm. folks go check out Luna Gale at Seattle Rep it's running March 9th through the 27th <laughs> more info at seattlerep.org check out Bernie's apartment yeah check out Terra Incognita and the wedding gift yeah. and Christmas Town, and yeah. we will have as much information as we can get on all of those fantastic <laughs> projects in the episode description. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.